This episode of the Out of Bounds Podcast is sponsored by Fisher Skis, and you can visit them at www.fishersports.com. Hello, hello, hello. My name is Adam Jabber. This is the Out of Bounds Podcast, and today we have Grace Eldon on the show. And if you hear scratching, it's my cat in his litter box behind us. So before we jump into the episode, I just want to say thank you to Grace. Awesome conversation. Really good to connect with her um, and kind of put a voice behind the personality that is on the internet. Uh, she's doing some cool stuff, and it was great to sit down. Before before we jump into the podcast, we have three sponsors for today in Deuter, which makes the best backpacks in the entire world. I've been using the Freerider Pro all winter, and now I'm switching over to some of their bike series. They have a brand new hip pack that is awesome, redesigned, super comfortable. Uh, and I'll put it up against any hip pack that is out there right now. The thing is super rad. Um, it's got this nice little Velcro strap that sits around your waist nicely. And I'm just a huge fan of the way that it fits on me and the amount of storage that there is. So if you want to get a Deuter bag, dot com and get yourself a new pack today. Also, we have our friends at Rumple. Rumpel makes the best puffy blankets in the entire world, and I feel like you know that already. If you want to get comfortable, if you want to have a picnic, if you want to go outside and do fun stuff for camping, for example, like I lay it down on camping all the time, I put it in the back of my car if I'm sleeping in my car, get a puffy blanket. Go to rumpel.com and get yourself a new puffy today. Without further ado, here is Grace. Grace, we're starting fresh here, so you tell tell people who you are, a little bit about yourself, and then we can go from there. Sounds good. So my name is Grace Eldon, formerly known as Grace Shreds on Instagram. Um, I'm a skier from Montana, currently attending Montana State, and I'm super excited to be on the podcast with you. This is such a fun experience, so I'm happy to be here. Sick. Where, how did you start skiing? What is What did that look like for you growing up? So both my parents were competitive skiers when they were younger, and they definitely wanted their kids to ski. So I kind of started skiing before I even really had the choice. I, I can't say I remember my first time going skiing. They had uh, the little plastic skis that you would strap to your, your snow boots, and they would hold me and kind of go down the hill. Um <laughs> But I didn't really start getting super serious into it until I was maybe about 14 or 15. I, I joined the Whitefish Freestyle team, which is kind of just the local team on Big Mountain, which is my home mountain. And I did that for about a year and just absolutely fell in love with it. And Whitefish honestly does not have the best park. They've improved over the past few years, but... Back then, it was not ideal for what I wanted to do, so my parents thought it would probably be best if I moved to Utah, and I did part of high school down in Utah and trained on their team, and that's kind of what like really got me into it. Um, I trained with a, like Lake Dog, and he was one of my coaches, and Leah, and they were both super awesome and helped me learn quite a lot. Um, more recently, though, I have been attending Montana State, so it's been harder for me to do comp skiing. And I kind of have found this this new love for skiing in a different way that's not necessarily competing, and it's more of just like film skiing and mm -hmm. more creative side of it that I've been really getting into lately. And I've had 
so much fun pursuing that side versus competing more recently. So that's been great. What are you doing for school? Uh, I'm doing graphic design. I, nice. I want to design top sheets at some point. I think that'd be really fun. That's awesome. That's a, that's a really cool way to mix the two things together. Thank you. Yeah. How, how is it balancing school and pursuing a career in skiing? Uh, I can't say it's easy. It's definitely really taxing just because it's so much, you know, like I took 17 credits my first semester just to try to make my winter a little bit lighter. And that, that seemed to help. Um, I stacked my schedule. So I have all of my classes on um, Tuesday and Thursday. And so I can ski Monday, Wednesday, Friday, which is awesome. And that was super helpful, except my Tuesday, Thursdays were kind of hell. Like I had, <laughs> I had 8am to like 7pm most of the time and like labs on top of that. So like Tuesday, Thursday, I was just like, oh, this day is so long, but it definitely made it a lot easier to do both. Um, it's nice. I picked Montana State just because I knew I wanted to get a degree and finding a school that had that skiing component as an option, just super easy, was definitely my top choice. So I'm glad I stayed in state for school because of that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it feels like a lot of skiers that are going to school as well do the same thing where they just like completely fuck themselves for two <laughs> days a week and then yep, just yep. like open it up a little more the rest of the week so that they can do what they like. Do you... Is there ever a time when you're like, I don't fucking even want to go skiing right now because it's just too, it's too much. Uh, I mean, yes and no, because skiing's kind of like my stress relief, even though my schedule is more stressful because of skiing. So it's like, it's hard to, to try to like forget about all the homework and stuff that you have when you go skiing. Like I'm on the lift and I'm like, oh my God, I have a midterm next week. Like, oh, what am I going to do? What am I doing? Like I definitely had days where I was questioning like if I was going to graduate or if I was going to do school <laughs> in four years or not. Like it's tough. It really is. Yeah, for sure. It's, it's something that a lot of people I think deal with. And even if they're not like pursuing any career in skiing at all, I think people want to be able to ski as much as possible, especially while they're in college and they don't have like a real job or whatever, but it's, I mean, school's a real job in itself. So it's hard to, yeah. it's hard to figure out how to balance that. Yeah. A lot of people underestimate like just how much a college workload is too. They kind of like expect it to be easier almost but it is so hard like I have never been more tired and sick than I was like this past year at college like I was just drained trying to like burn the candle at both ends but once I got myself into a routine and kind of figured out a dynamic that worked it, it was a lot better but my first semester I was definitely like questioning a lot of things <laughs> yeah no doubt how much longer do you have uh, I have, well, okay, so I got myself a little bit ahead, actually. <laughs> Believe it or not, I got ahead. So I have, like, two and a half more years left. Okay, cool. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. not the end of the world. I mean, you're still kind of in the thick of it, but it is what no. it is. Yeah, I decided I wanted to take some summer classes just to kind of, like, give myself a little boost for next year. So yeah. that'll be kind of nice. It's like a security blanket if I want to go skiing more, so... Yeah, that'll be good. Yeah, it seems like you spend a lot of time at Hood too. Yeah, I do. Yeah, I went there for spring pass this past season, and it was so fun. I just had the best time out there. 
was actually my first spring pass. Usually I just would go for like a couple weeks in summer, but this time I got the spring pass and it was so fun. For people that haven't gone in spring or summer, like what is the vibe like over there in comparison to like a normal resort in the winter? Okay, so the vibe is like kind of surreal in all honesty. Like where I was camping, I camped on Road 39 and it's just like squid row but for skiers like (laughs) you know it's got like everyone has their own little camp and it's just like skiers of all like from everywhere all over the country just like come here and we all hang out together there's skateboarding on the street like it is just like such a welcoming and awesome community like there's no tourists really on the hill where we're all skiing so it's just the like thick of the park community same with the camps too like it is literally so immersive in the industry like you'll see people that you've been watching on instagram for years and just like all in one place it's awesome like it is just so fun yeah was there anyone that you met or got the chance to ski with that you were like oh shit like i've watched this person for forever and now like we're just skiing around I mean, yes and no, just because, I mean, there's obviously some of, like, the bigger, more popular guys, like, they aren't necessarily there right now. Like, at Spring Pass, I didn't see a bunch of super, super uber competitors, but I just saw, like, a lot of people that I've noticed um, just over the course of the last couple years with media and stuff. Like, I saw Topher, and he's been such an inspiration to me, too. And so, like, getting to see him was pretty awesome. He definitely, like, has showed me a lot of his skills, and I've kind of, like, followed his footsteps in style a little bit, too. But, yeah, I didn't – I don't know. It was just, like, such a diverse group of people. It's hard to, like, say if I really met anyone in specific that I, like – had been watching for a while yeah what do you have any advice for people getting into the park skiing side of things because i feel like for a lot of people that are trying to like do it a little more they want to like push their skills it becomes like it's a daunting thing not just Mm -hmm. physically but i think everybody's so worried about being judged so like is there is there something that you did in the beginning that you were like okay this works for me. I'm going to do this shit. Like it doesn't matter what anybody else thinks. I I think people have a hard time just rolling up to a park and feeling like they belong there. And Mm -hmm. it becomes, it becomes kind of a difficult thing for a lot of people because everybody, like we all know that the more you practice and the more you do that shit, the better you get at it. But Mm -hmm. a lot of people have a hard time getting over that initial hump of like the anxiety of it, you know? Yeah, no, I totally understand, like, that feeling of how hard it is to get into it because, you know, I myself, when I first got started in park skiing, I struggled with that, too. It's a very real feeling, and a lot of us have definitely felt that, you know, as they're coming into the industry. And I think that my best advice for somebody who might be just entering that is to probably just let go of what other people's expectations might be and like let go of your own expectations of what you are wanting to do I guess and not like not saying that in a sense like don't try to follow your goals but just take take the pressure off you know because a lot of people when they're getting started I feel like they tend to hyper focus on like oh my gosh if I fall in front of this person they're gonna think this or that like 
I think that they just need to like get that mentality just out of their head because I really struggled with that. And once I decided to just like let go of what other people thought of me when I was trying something new, I I started to seriously see progression. Yeah. Yeah. I think the hardest thing for most people is, is getting past that initial step. It's, it's especially because of the internet now, like everybody looks at what everybody does and they're like, Oh, this person's so sick. And I, I don't, I like, I don't want to embarrass myself in front of this person or that person because like all these people are doing all this sick shit and I'm over here just trying to hit a rail for the first time, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and everyone, like, I feel like when you enter a park scene, most people are definitely not necessarily concentrating on you. And that's like another thing that I had to realize is that like when I was a younger girl, you know, I'd go into the park and I'd see all these like really, really awesome, insane people. And I'd just be so intimidated. But like knowing what I know now and looking at them, I'm like, they're not thinking about what some person is trying to do in the park right now, especially if they're like an all around good competitor. I feel like they are definitely not thinking about you trying to get on that rail at the moment. They're doing their little thing too. So it's like, I don't know. It's just, it's, it's a hard topic to kind of understand unless you are actively in that situation, just because I'm over and through the hump of it, you know, but it's definitely something that you, you kind of just have to build confidence and work through it because the more confidence you have, even regardless, if you're going into something with like, no kind of controller you're like learning something new if you can go into that with confidence like that that will really show and ultimately you know people will have respect for you if you're kind and you're you know stoked in the park and willing to have a good time even if you're not necessarily doing everything like everybody else is yeah yeah for sure i think there's uh, most of the stuff isn't even from other people, right? Like it's mostly just the anxiety that people have in their own heads. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I think just getting over that hump is what, what most people are like tr- fighting with themselves to do. So I think even just hearing that, that other people think the same things is probably important for people. Yeah, it is. And it's, you know, I always try to remind people that like feeling like that is so real. And I still, to this day, you know, struggle with that. Sometimes I'm like, oh my gosh, they're all watching me. Like, oh, what do I do? You know, it's it's hard. And like, I feel like hearing other people share similar experiences with that helps too. Cause it, you know, it like- for sure. Yeah, no doubt. What, Let's talk a little bit about like your recent successes. You've kind of blown up on Instagram and on TikTok lately. Like what, what has that been like? How did that happen? When did that start happening? And how does it feel? Oh no, I lost you for a sec. There we go. Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, Um, sweet. Yeah, did you, so like the last year Plus, it seems like you've blown up on Instagram and TikTok. Like, what? how did that happen? When did that happen? And how does it make you feel? Okay, so I honestly am pretty surprised when... I was pretty shocked when I blew up at first. I was like, oh my gosh, whoa, this is, this is cool. Like, I hadn't really experienced anything like that before. And I think the main reason why I kind of started to, like, take off was because, you know, Dan, the 
who owns like Tall T and uh, Joystick and all that, like he has been such a big inspiration and um, help in my life lately. Like he's been a really awesome mentor to me. And he told me one day, he was like, Grace, like people, like you could do whatever you wanted in the park, right? Just like everybody else. Or you could kind of like carve your own path in it, if that makes sense. Like, I I can't, I'm having a hard time like finding the wording to describe like the, wait, can I, can I start over that part? Yeah, of course you can. (laughs) Okay. Cause I don't know. There's definitely like a lot going on in my head right now. Yeah, of course. Say what's on your head, dude. Like it's this is an unfiltered situation here. Oh my gosh. Okay, so Dan has been super helpful as far as like inspiring me and he told me to kind of carve my own path because I figured out that like when I was competing, I noticed that like a lot of competitors were super robotic with their technique, which is like awesome in its own way, you know, and like some people really succeed at that style, but I didn't really feel like that was right for me. And so then as soon as I started doing, like, super weird butters and just, like, stuff that, like, isn't necessarily considered traditional, that's when I kind of noticed I started to take off a little bit Um, because it was doing something different, you know? Yeah. I can't can't really compare it to what, like, some of the, like, other competitors are doing, and that's kind of what sort of... I think put me aside from the rest of the the skiers in the industry, at least like as far as that goes. And so I noticed <laughs> on my profile, like I posted a video of me doing a butter last year, last summer at hood. It was like a nose butter seven. That was just like super weird and super out of pocket. Like people looked at me and they were like, what the hell did she just do? <laughs> like, what is that? And then that kind of gained a lot of, following you know I I noticed kind of like a bowling ball effect from that video is like repost and another repost and then I'm like okay I'm gonna work with that so then I started skiing that way a lot more and ever since then it's just literally been a domino effect like since that one moment where like Topher and Dan I was watching them and I was like okay this is the way I want to ski and that's when I kind of started to see that happening yeah, for sure. It's It's got to be a weird thing when, like, you're just kind of skiing for yourself and then eventually you're like, oh, all these people are following me and paying attention to what I'm doing now. Yeah, yeah. Well, and sometimes I'm like, man, I can't double cork. Like, why, why are so many people, like, interested in this? And it's like, well, it, it's because they want to see something that's not a double cork. You know, like, a lot of people are so like crazy insane in the park like that and i i'm i'm just not that like i'll just straight up say that like i'm not a person who wants to go do a double cork you know but i will do some sick hand drag weird thing <laughs> and i think people people like to see that too so it's it's kind of fun yeah for sure i yeah it's interesting it, it seems like people are getting more and more at least the audience is getting more and more away from just true park skiing i think it's been a little it's been a little unrelatable for a lot of the people watching after a certain point like i i don't know and every single time i think of like tom wallish calling alex hall's like whatever it was 1440 and he's just like mm-hmm. or 2160 and he was just like 
what the fuck is going on? Like, how many spins is that? So, like, that's Tom Walsh watching it, right? Mm-hmm. Think about how the audience, that's just, like, a general audience feels. It's like, I no idea what to do, what's happening. It's, it, it becomes it's overstimulation. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, people have no idea what they're looking at anymore. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I mean, I think it's cool that it's been able to progress that far. But at the same time, it's like, it's it's not relatable for me like i can't watch that and be like oh i'm gonna like add that to my style drawer you know like i can't i can't say that i can look at that and like yeah relate to it exactly like you said but i think another big thing that kind of like changed my mind as far as how my style goes was back my second year of park skiing i got seriously seriously injured and not a lot of people know this too but i ended up dislocating my femur Oh. Uh, yeah, it was it was rough. I was in a wheelchair for like six months after that, Jesus and it was a uh, yeah. I it, that was back when I was like super comp jock. Like I would only do jumps and like super technical spins and whatnot, and yeah, I ended up getting seriously hurt. And you know, at one point, I decided I was like, man, like I might not be able to walk for like the rest of my life because of this one jump. And it's like. I want to keep skiing in my life as something that can be there, you know, when I have kids or if I have kids or if I want to, like, be an old grandma on the top of the hill, you know, living my life. Because it's my favorite thing, and I would just hate for me to, like, have that, you know, ability to ski taken away. And so I noticed that, like, as soon as I started skiing non-traditionally, it's been a lot less harsh on my body, too. Hmm. It, it definitely takes less of a toll, you know, like doing a crazy nose butter trick versus a crazy dub d- jump trick. I feel like, you know, it's it's a little bit less harsh on your body, too, especially while I'm still recovering, because I, I can't say I'm like 100 percent healed from that. I definitely still have some chronic like back and hip pain, but it, it has given me the opportunity to still like express myself in a way that I was kind of used to when I did comp skiing mm-hmm. without like the medical bill that that, that comes yeah. with that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah, I I think people are into this like this new style of skiing. It's not really that new anymore, I guess, but like this more unique style of skiing because it just seems like everyone who's doing it is just having fun, right? Like they're not worried about form. They're not worried about where their poles are, if they have poles at all. They're just worried about like having a good time when they go out. Yeah. And it's like, it's like a flow state, you know, like I feel like I'm doing my sickest tricks when I'm not even really thinking about it, you know, like it kind of just comes to me and it's, it's almost like you're like painting a picture on the hill and you're like, okay, what can I do leading up to the rail, like on the rail? It's almost like, it's like a big dance performance, but it's like subconscious, you know? And yeah. it's just so fun. Like I found so much joy in skiing that way too. And like, hopefully some of my content that I'm putting out can be relatable. Like I want people to watch my stuff and be like, oh wait, like I should totally try that because everything I do is pretty doable. It's just not necessarily traditional yeah yeah for sure it's it's really interesting like i've seen like old timers watch an alex hackle video for the first time and they're just like what the fuck is he doing with his hands like he's not doing any pole planting like i don't don't understand what's going on and it just like kind of blows their mind for a little while until until they're just like the dude's just having fun like andy's one of the best skiers in the world but he's just like he's doing what he feels like doing and just 
and just existing in the ski space. Yeah, like he's just having a good time, you know, and that that's when I really started to like see my career blossom was like when I just let go of like the competition mentality and expectation. Yeah, for sure. How did you meet Dan? I, like, I can't tell you how many people I've had on this show that like Dan comes up in conversation without anybody like bringing him up. He just comes up as a mentor. He comes up for this reason or that reason. Like that guy as like important of the ski community as he is like on the outside, I don't think people understand the kind of things that he has going. Like that man is doing something at all. No, he, he's awesome. Like I think the reason why like he wanted to talk to me, he literally just called me on the phone one day. Like I'm sitting there in my dorm room and I'm getting a call from Ski Creative. And I like, I'm like looking at my phone, like, uh, is this a butt dial? Like, what what's happening? And I pick up and he's like, Hey, it's it's Dan. I just like I've been wanting to talk to you. And I think, you know, after that moment, like he and I ended up talking for like a couple hours that night. And we've just been kind of like talking <laughs> on the phone ever since. But he like his whole thing is like he wants to change the industry, not by like doing a trick. Or, or posting something but by like passing on advice and like creating almost like a welcoming community in his own way you know like he he has several like several of my friends have been like oh I talked to Dan too like he he's just been such a big help in like an awesome mentor in my life and I'm like really stoked to be like friends with him yeah for sure I mean same the dude uh, it always shocks me to see like how many things this guy is doing at once it's uh, and people have no idea like the guy is is running 400 different things at one time it feels like oh i know he's like the man of all you know he's like the man who just is behind the scenes but like is running the whole show yeah it's it's insane to me you yeah you made this post the other day talking about like showing love to one another and including more people and, and this kind of thing. Where, where did this come from? Why did you feel like that message kind of needed to be out there? So the reason why I kind of wanted to shed some light on that is because lately I've noticed just a lot of negativity kind of stirring around on like different social media posts or like some people's attitude in the park. And I mean, I'm not going to like, say any specific scenarios where you know this this happened but it's just kind of an like an observation of mine that I've noticed and some people commenting things on my profile or other you know young younger girls profiles who are in the industry and I just wanted to like use my profile to kind of make change in that way I I'm tired of seeing a lot of people hate on something that might be different or a little bit weird in the ski industry you know like my style is definitely a little bit more different than most people and I think that different is good different is a good thing that we should be embracing and I just overall wanted to kind of like bring some more love and positivity into the social media nowadays yeah how how do we get to that point where things are a little more positive because I think and TikTok as you probably know is is like the most toxic of all of these things like oh, everybody's yeah. so willing to just go on because there's so many people would like basically burner accounts that they just go on and they just shit on people all day and long just it's, hate it's on ridiculous it, yeah yeah no i definitely have seen a lot of that especially in my profile too like i think that the one way i mean there's definitely not a cure 
for that, yeah. you know, like you can't make a post and hope that it like will stop it all together, you know, but it can change people's attitudes towards it. You know, like if there's somebody who has a burner account, who's hating on other people's Instagrams or whatever it may be, like maybe I try to like look at that with sometimes even a little bit of sympathy because I know that that person who's behind that account, like is probably really hurting inside, you know, like they wouldn't have an account Have to be. Yeah. 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 Like one of the main things that I wrote in that piece was like a person that is filled with love and compassion for one another would not take the time out of their day to like put somebody else down, you know? Yeah. And so there's definitely not a cure for those people who are hurting that way. But every time you see a comment like that, you can look at it a little bit differently. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. It's, it's hard because like you want to be compassionate. You want to take that, that kind of lens into things, but it's difficult sometimes, especially when you're watching, at least for me, it's like when you're watching the comments on somebody else's post, you're like, fuck off, dude. Like what, Mm -hmm. what is this? Like, there's no reason to do this. And like arguing with them isn't going to make it any better, but I think just showing support is the only thing you can do. Exactly. Or just not giving it the time of day. You know, like, like you can send them a a Dan was like, you know, every time somebody comments something mean on your profile, like I, I'll send them the picture of like Kermit the frog sipping tea or like, like a gif of like somebody just eating popcorn, you know, like there's definitely ways to deal with it that don't necessarily like involve, you can't fight the fire with more fire, you know, like that's not going to help, but kind of just acknowledging it and being like okay that guy sucks and then like moving on is probably what's advisable to do if that does happen yeah for sure i mean there's there's not much else you can do it's just it's part of like having an internet personality and like wanting to share your stuff online especially with things like like instagram or tiktok where it doesn't matter if someone's following you right like their your shit just shows up in their feed oh yeah yeah there's nothing you can do want to see it like they see it yeah, exactly. And if somebody feels the need to say something, then they feel the need to say something. I mean, we get it all the time. It's just like, oh yeah. why do people feel the need to be negative? And it's it, usually it's a pretty simple answer. And it's because they feel shitty about themselves. Exactly. Yeah. And yeah. I guess the, the main reason, you know, I posted that not only to like highlight it, but it's also to let people know that they're not alone, you know, because if I had an older sister or somebody who was in the industry when I was younger tell me exactly what I wrote, you know, I would have felt so much better. Like if I would have had that one person in my life who would have said that, it would have made a world of difference because I I admit it was hard for me growing up, especially being the only girl on the team. Like when I was first learning, it was really challenging for me to like kind of post my first clips and then like see mean comments and I'd get all sad about it and then like if I would have heard what I wrote then it would have changed my whole perspective I think so if I can be that person for somebody like that that really means a lot to me what what do we do to get more women into the sport to get more women feeling comfortable in the sport and I know you're not the representative for every woman that wants to go park skiing but like in your mind, what kind of things need to change so that people feel more included and they feel like there is a place for them in this sport? 
Well, I think that like the best way to build a community is literally just by getting a bunch of girls together and having like a little event or like posting a super rad all girls video. Like there there is a ski crew in Bozeman called Novia. That's an yeah, all yeah. girls ski crew. Um and they had a little event that was like a learn how to park ski event. And it was like, you had PVC and, you know, snacks and whatever it may be. But a lot of girls that I didn't even know, like were interested in it, like showed up and were learning. And it was just so fun. Like, I think the more welcoming and inclusive we can make it, the the better, you know? Yeah, for sure. I, I think that's the, the key is like having people to go do this, do this stuff with, right? Like, cause for some reason, people on the outside like commenting on everything you're doing feels like such a negative thing but when you're with people in real life like you want them to comment on things that you're doing you want to like feel their energy you want to feel their support and and you want to know like okay this person does this how can I do that what can I do to improve my own skiing it's it's a really interesting concept yeah exactly and you know another thing too is like I know if somebody came up to me in the park and asked me how to do something, I of course I would, like, sit there and take the time to, like, show them what's up, you know? Like, don't – if you're somebody who's coming in to the sport as, like, maybe, like, somebody who hadn't really learned it in the past, like, don't be afraid to go up to people and ask them, like, hey, like, could you give me a tip on, like, how to do this? Like, even if you are by yourself, like, if you just make yourself, you know – like if you put the first foot in the door, like you'll you'll see just how awesome and welcoming people can be. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I think it, that goes hand in hand with the internet thing, right? It's like everybody sees all these people and right, say somebody sees you in the park and they're like, "Oh, that's Grace Shreds." Like Grace does this, this, that, and the other. They're almost like intimidated by the personality that they see online and they think like oh god like i better do something cool so that they don't think i'm a loser or whatever you know and it's like that's the anxiety that goes through people's heads but i think hearing you say that maybe will open the door to someone else being like okay yeah like i can I do would, whatever i, I want to do yeah like if somebody came up and asked me like a tip or like they wanted me to film something or whatever it may be like i would be so super down you know like it's a lot more welcoming <laughs> than than you'd think which is nice at, at least in person like online online's one thing but like in person it's definitely a lot less scary yeah can i ask you about uh working with brands like as you've started to like grow what what is your approach when you go okay like i want to start working with a brand as a partner or as a sponsor what what does that conversation look like for you yeah so um and 3 p They've been so awesome lately. I've been riding on their team for like almost a year now. And I think what really helped me was, I mean, at first I started by like DMing them and like I kind of had to, you know, be the, that first person to say like, hey, like I I like what your brand is about and whatever it may be. And that applies to not just like ski brands, but if there's any particular brand that like you're interested in, like, don't be afraid to send them that message and, you know, get in contact that way. But they uh, they actually saw that one nose butter video that I was telling you about earlier. <laughs> and then they were like, hey, like, we have not seen our skis move that way on somebody before. Like, 
we we want to we want to talk to you and that that was really awesome like that day that they texted me that I was just like oh my gosh no way and I was like jumping <laughs> around the room you know I was so excited um but yeah like with other brands that I've worked with it's usually been me that's initiated the contact at least when I'm was first getting started that was really what helped but now it's a little bit easier just because I've got more of a following but as far as getting started with it I kind of initiated that first contact yeah for sure it's yeah, yeah it's always people don't know what that's like I guess to reach out to a brand to have that conversation and then what what all that entails you know yeah yeah I'd say like when I would reach out to brands I'd just be like hey give them like a short introduction. Like my name's Grace Eldon. I'm from blah, 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 you know, wherever it may be. And then ask to like get into contact with them further. Like, is there an email I could send you a resume or like I, (laughs) when I first got on monster army, I, I did that for competing and you actually have to like apply for that. And they helped me get a resume together that, so it's like a little portfolio (laughs) of yours and you can like, they, they make it for you and it'll have like your bio and just like photos and y- just send it to the brand, you know, like you can create just how you would create a job resume. Like you can create a skiing resume and you can send it to the brands that like you're trying to get after. Wait, so Monster did one for you? So they, they have one that like comes with like your your profile like you get to create your own little profile on their page oh, sick. and then then you can just hit a button that says create resume and I was like wait this is actually so smart because like just like how you would apply for a job you know with a resume like you can totally do that with like ski <laughs> brands too and that's I've, I actually have done that like I've sent that to brands and then they've been like oh okay like this girl's legit you know like she's she's got a yeah. business resume like this is a real deal thing you know it's funny how far that goes like I think it, it might sound like oh it's a little over the top it's just ski industry whatever but it means a lot to brands because like these people are looking for things like obviously they're looking for people who are good at skiing but they're also looking for people who like can fit the business side of it too. And that can kind of get their shit in a row so that they can go and actually like monetize whatever their skiing is in a way that's beneficial to the brand too. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Cause a lot of people would think like, Oh, this brand's giving me free sunglasses sick. But like in, in from a business perspective, them giving you the sunglasses is like actually a business strategy for them because their brand wants more more sunglasses sales, you know, so that right. they kind of use you to work with it. And yeah, de- I definitely have not had to send my resume to anybody recently just because of the, the domino effect. But yeah. when I wasn't sponsored by anybody beforehand, when I was just kind of getting started, it was really super helpful. Yeah, it's a great place to start. Yeah. Um, last thing I think I'm going to ask you, what what do you have for goals for the upcoming season? Like what, where do you see your career going from this point on? Yeah. So I've definitely kind of been keeping an open mind as far as like where exactly I want to take this because I've noticed that like I've been kind of carving my own path as far as, you know, becoming a name in the industry. And I kind of just want to see where that takes me and what opportunities I'll have. And I might do some rail jams or like I might do like the level one super unknown and um Sick. 
I've been really looking forward to like being a part of more films and movies. Uh, that's going to be really exciting. Uh, the Novia second premiere is is happening in September, I think. So that'll be fun. I'm in that one. Um, but yeah, like my overall goal is to just like keep having fun and kind of just see where where it takes me. You know, if I get invited to do a comp, I'll probably go do it. But I'm just overall kind of keeping an open mind and letting letting it kind of take me where, you know, wherever it may go. Yeah, for sure. Awesome. Uh, Grace, this has been rad. Um, where where can people find you on Instagram, on TikTok, if you have a website, like any of that kind of thing, if people want to keep up with you? Yeah, totally. So you can find me via Grace Shreds on Instagram. Um, that's actually kind of a funny story how I, how I got that name. But how did you get that name? Yeah, so um, when I was in middle school, I, I skateboarded, and that that was my big thing. Like I was the skateboarder, and um, there was one day when I was getting in trouble actually because I was trying to ollie off this curb <laughs> behind my middle school, and the teacher came out and was like, "Hey, you can't do that!" And like one of my really close friends was at the time was like, "Nah, Chris Shreds, let her be." And then I was like, I should change my Instagram to that. And then it literally, it just stuck. Like, I, I've thought about changing it to something more professional over the years, but I'm like, no I way. can't. Like, you got to keep it. Yeah. I, I'm keeping it. I'm keeping it till I'm, you know, 80. Like, it's it's saying <laughs> Gray Shreds is here to stay. But yeah, I can't wait until you're 80 years old with Gray Shreds as an Instagram handle. <laughs> I know it's going to be rad, but yeah, that, that's where you can find me. I'm on Instagram and TikTok. But, cool. Yeah. Dope. Awesome. Thanks again so much. This has been Yeah. Rad. Thank you so much for having me. It's been awesome getting to, to chat with you.